Today from the Global Lane, artificial intelligence. It's improving our lives, but also endangering our privacy. People don't realize that all their data is being collected, harvested and uh, sold actually on the dark web. It's an overwhelming threat to our privacy. The search of a former president's home and a SWAT team-like arrest of a pro-life advocate. Are political abuses of power undermining the FBI's mission? Unfortunately, the cancer spread and this patient can't be saved. I believe the FBI needs to be abolished. And the former Army captain who is celebrating this Veterans Day by helping emergency responders in Israel. God has said that he would bless those that bless Israel. It's a way for me to help him express that his love for Israel still exists. And it's all right here on The Global Lane. Around the world, artificial intelligence is changing our lives. People use smart technology to answer questions, vacuum and monitor their homes, drive cars, and even bring them food orders. In China, the communist government uses AI to track and control the population. And big tech uses the technology to track people's interests and purchases. Here in the United States, the Biden administration recently unveiled a blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. The goal is to protect people's personal data and limit surveillance. Well, here to weigh in on this proposal and other things is cybersecurity analyst Julio Rivera. Julio, it's good to talk with you again. So first, how great is the AI threat to our privacy? Oh, it's an overwhelming threat to our privacy. Um, you know, we, everybody's living online right now, and we all opt in. You know, we don't, we don't read terms and conditions. You know, we just click that little button to move on to the next screen, which is, you know, accept all or however it may be uh, presented to you. You know, so people don't realize that all their data is being collected. This is being collected by websites, is being collected by applications. Uh, a lot of times it's extracted uh, by, let's say, uh, third party uh, adware or browser hijackers or programs that are referred to as potentially unwanted programs. Uh, this information then is collected harvested and uh, sold actually on the dark web to people who use it to either, um, you know, commit identity theft against you. Uh, in some instances, they'll do it that way. Or in, in most instances, it's actually given to uh, adware operators to try to tailor advertisements that you see, um, you know, making it more likely for you to make certain purchases from, from websites or ads that they show you that are sponsored um, this is generally how a lot of these applications make their money by showing sponsored, uh, sponsored advertisements, but they know what to show you based on them having your information in advance. Well, let's talk a little bit about Big Brother and government. I've always wondered about Alexa. It's almost like she's hearing my conversations when suddenly out of the blue she asks questions or makes suggestions. I don't know if you've had that happen. And I also think of cameras that monitor our homes, especially inside the home. How likely is it, Julio, that someone on the other end is actually collecting data on our conversations or viewing images of our home on our cameras? Well, you know, um, I, I really am a believer that the uh, the American government is, is taking a lot of this information. I, I still think that there's probably uh, Fourth Amendment issues um, that we've seen in the past. You know, I mean, Edward Snowden did a lot to expose things that the you know United States government was actually doing against uh, you know the citizenry. But I mean, this supposedly um, this um, AI Bill of Rights, uh, so to speak, um, that was created by the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy has its uh, five core principles, which are supposedly going to protect 
the citizenry, which is, uh, you know, these are uh, app makers that, um, you know, collect information or use leverage AI are supposed to provide safe and effective systems. Um, they're supposed to prevent algorithmic discrimination, which is something that we've actually seen in the early days of, you know, AI actually becoming more prevalent and a more prevalent technology being used on more and more uh, databases and applications. You know, there was a, a serious case actually in the state of Pennsylvania where the Child Protective Services uh, were using uh, AI and their algorithm was unfortunately um, disproportionately flagging people of color for uh, wellness checks and, and it was considered very intrusive. So there's some issues with that. Obviously data privacy, which uh, here in Europe where I reside, um, you know, we have GDPR and the Europeans have really actually led the charge on uh, data protection. The United States is actually catching up to that. This is addressed in the AI Bill of Rights. Um, there has to be a proper notice and explanation um, you know, on these applications that are using AI. And also uh, they have to provide alternative options should you opt out. I mean, the entire thing is actually 76 pages long. So it's kind of like legislation from uh, you know Washington D.C., where there's a lot of let's say devils, uh, you know, in the detail that are buried in in the 76 pages. Quickly, what do you see happening then in the years ahead? You're going to have a lot of people that use this to try to gain information, whether it be on you know either professional or political opponents. Um, you know, there's AI is, is almost limitless. It's just it has provided so many possibilities. Um, you know, as technology continues to uh, go further and, and you know, I, I think ultimately, I, hopefully something like this will be able to protect citizens. I, 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 again, I have not had a chance to review all 76 pages. I know that things sound good in theory, but the way that they are in practice is generally different. Generally, uh, you know, the, the White House or, uh, you know, Washington DC politicians will write legislation or new laws or bills with a name that sounds good it sounds like something that the American people would want, but when you actually go into the details, there's a lot of things that people probably should be, uh, you know, at the very least questioning. Well, they always throw a few things in there you're not aware of, and then there are loopholes, right? Cybersecurity yes. analyst Julio Rivera, thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Thank you so much, and God bless you, Gary. On the home front, a scathing indictment of the Federal Bureau of Investigation from House Republicans. Last week, GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee released a 1,000-page report listing abuses of power at the FBI, which they believe undermines the fundamental mission of the Bureau. Well, here to share his thoughts is former U.S. Special Agent Eric Karen. Mr. Karen spent months investigating obstruction of justice at the CIA. So, Eric, it's good to talk to you again. Okay, based on this Judiciary Committee report, in your opinion, just how politicized, weaponized has the FBI become? Well, Gary, thanks for having me. Well, you know, I think I said it on your last show I, I appeared on, the FBI needs a colonoscopy. Um, but unfortunately, the cancer spread and this patient can't be saved. I believe the FBI needs to be abolished. And I think we will see that. Uh, under a new Congress, there will be a push to abolish the FBI and divvy up their responsibilities with the other six or so uh, federal agencies. Um, the Department, of course, of Injustice under the Biden administration has trampled on our First Amendment, the cornerstone 
the cornerstone of America. It's, it's shocking and it should shock everybody. I call the Democratic Party now the, the Communist Democrat Party under Joe Biden. The First Amendment, Gary, as you know, is the cornerstone of America. And um, we're supposed to be able to express ourselves freely without government, government censorship. And that's happening in America. That happens in third world countries. It shouldn't happen here in America. And it has happened. The Supreme Court, Gary, as you know, has talked about the, the content neutrality. It leans on content neutrality. It's basically saying the government can't restrict speech just because you feel uncomfortable or you think it's offensive. The government cannot do that. And under Joe Biden, that's been happening over the last two years. Yeah, of course, we've, we've been seeing that. We've been seeing that, haven't we, at uh, school board meetings, also outside Planned Parenthood and so forth. FBI whistleblowers, Eric, uh, provided the committee with details alleging there's a systemic culture of unaccountability of the FBI. The bureau is, quote, full of rampant corruption, manipulation and abuse, and they blame the leadership rather than the agents in the field. And the Republicans uh, at the House Judiciary Committee uh, say the FBI leadership is rotted at its core. So do you agree or disagree? And what are your thoughts of Trump-appointed director Chris Wray? Well, Chris Wray needs to go. Um, he needs to be fired. Um, like I said, the FBI needs to be abolished. I've been saying this for the last few months, actually. This is not new for me. Um, you know, again, let's look at the history. The FBI spied on a presidential candidate. The FBI spied on our president by using, by lying to the court. And they knew the lies were in those affidavits. And they still got the affidavit to spy on our president. That's un-American. And as has as been reported, you know, there, there's, a, there's a whole department, if you will, agency spying on us under the Department of Homeland Security. They're in partnership with big tech today, spying on Americans, partnering with big tech to censor our free speech. It's been going on for years. It has to stop. It has to stop. And how do we know that? We know that by the, the, the Hunter Biden scandal that they, they, they kept quiet. They partnered with Facebook and others to keep quiet before the election. We know that with COVID-19. COVID-19, we can't talk about and have a disagreement relating to the vaccines because that's, that's going to get censored. That's unbelievable to me. Well, do you um, think that's going to change under Elon Musk at Twitter? Uh, and maybe we need, he's laid off a lot of people there. Maybe that's what we need at the FBI as well. Yeah, we sure do. I, like I said, the FBI needs to say, get fired. They need to get fired, go away. Uh, the Department of Injustice, um, they need an overseer. Uh, Congress needs to appoint somebody to oversee all their actions. Um, We've seen what the Department of Justice has been turned into the, into the last two years. They've well, let me, let me ask you about this, because, uh, you know, many people will defend Chris Ray and say, look, he's just doing what uh, he's been ordered to do by the attorney general. Well, you know what? You're, you're right to some extent, but Chris Ray needs to grow a backbone and, and resign if he believes that laws and our, and our, our, um, our rights are being trampled on. He, he doesn't have to stick around for this. He, he's part of the conspiracy. 
to infringe on our rights. So Chris Ray should do the right thing if he believes that there's violations of, of law and in, in, in by the Department of Injustice in the White House, he should just resign and step away and in protest. Um, I don't think we'll see that. Congress will impeach Joe Biden uh, under a new Republican leadership. Joe Biden will be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanor, for sure. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Former U.S. Special Agent Eric Karen, thanks, Eric, for sharing your insights. We appreciate it. God bless and stay switched on, my friend. You too. Each year, people of the United States honor the nation's veterans on November 11th, Veterans Day. It's a celebration for the living, recognizing those who serve their country in the military, either overseas or right here at home. Often we do stories and interviews talking about many of the challenges that veterans face when they return home from war, medical issues, PTSD, divorce, alcohol, drug abuse, and suicide. But this year here at the Global Lane, we wanted to highlight the servant's heart of one veteran who is helping others after her military service. Betty Kemp is a former U.S. Army captain from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and she believes in and is helping Jews in Israel through her support of Magen David Adom. That's the Israeli Red Cross, the Red Star of David. <laughs> Betty, it's, it's a pleasure to have you with us. So thank you for your service. Tell us how it happened that God led you to helping people in Israel. God has said that he would bless those that bless Israel. Um, so that was kind of like a low-hanging fruit for me. It was easy for me to do to just give back to him by giving to Megan David Adon. Why the Israeli Red Cross? I, I'm sure many U.S. veterans would say, how about helping me and veterans right here in the U.S. Uh, that maybe uh, need the American Red Cross or others? And I do that. <laughs> I give probably to at least five different charities and have been doing that for as long as I can remember. I think I started in the military. Um, so I give to other agencies and organizations in Africa, uh, here in the United States. Um, but God, for some reason, placed McGinn David Adom on my heart. And I think it's a way for me uh, to help him express, Jehovah, that his love for Israel still exists. And we are his hands and feet and eyes. Um, and we have gotten, we owe Israel a lot. We owe them our Savior because Jesus came through. He is a, he was a Jew. He is a Jew. Um, so that is why uh, one of the reasons I decided to give to Megan David Adom. Well, well, tell us a little bit about uh, Megan David uh, Adom. Uh, for people who don't know about it, what's it all about? Over in Ukraine, um, they sent um, ambulances and individuals over to help with uh, the situation over there. I just enjoy doing that, and like I said, giving back to Israel by um, and giving a small part, a very small. There's not much. As a matter of fact, it's so little that it sometimes can be embarrassing. But um, 
if I was going to give, I think that would be good ground for me to sow into. Well, a little bit goes a long way. And any stories you'd like to share about someone you've met who was helped by the agency or anyone else that you know of? I haven't met uh, anyone in person that I know of that helps. It's just the um, reports that I get on a weekly basis on how the contributions are helping for those individuals that are in Israel and Ukraine uh, that are in need. Also for the Holocaust victims. Um, so that is, I've never met anyone in person. If I, if a Jewish person came and sat down next to me today, I wouldn't know that they were Jewish unless they told me. Um, so no one in person do I know. No well, I, I know that they help a lot of uh, terrorist victims. Uh, they're in Israel, and they don't care if you're uh, Jewish or Muslim or Christian. They, they'll help anyone. So what do you want U.S. veterans to know as many of them struggle and continue to face struggles right here in the United States with things like uh, suicide, uh, thoughts of suicide, uh, uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, especially those who served in Iraq or Afghanistan? As a veteran, what do you want them to know? First of all, to put their hope and their trust in Jesus. Because um, he is savior and he is the God for all. He can give them the peace that they're seeking. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, the armor that he provides for them is much more protective than any armor or uniform that we can use as an individual or as a nation. So I would say it's not so much about the organization, um, whether it be for American, Israel, Russia, Germany, but it is about the savior of the whole world. So I would just encourage them that no matter what they're going through, Jesus is their way out. He is their way through. And Betty, I would say that your example is a good one for them to uh, get out of what you're in and start serving others. Former U.S. Army Captain Veteran Betty Kemp, thank you for sharing your positive story. Happy Veterans Day. See you as well. Thank you. Late last month, we talked to pollster George Barna, who shared his findings about the issues on the minds of Americans as they prepared to vote. Of course, the economy, inflation, and crime topped the list of concerns, but where do Americans get their moral code, the beliefs that motivate them and influence their approach to life? Barna, director of research for the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, also polled on that. Here's what he found. Barna discovered that 71% of American adults believe in traditional morality, but they differ on the source of those values, where they come from. 42% said morality comes from the individual. What's felt in your heart? 29% said morality should be based on majority rule. The same percentage, 29%, said we should look to the Bible for moral guidance. What a concept. Barna suggests the findings are astonishing and actually mean that 71% of American adults now contend that man, rather than God, should determine right and wrong. Among the majority of those who said morality comes from people, 53% said emotions are the determinant of right and wrong. Folks, when we turn away from the Bible as our guidebook for society and replace it with government and emotions determining our moral code, our nation is in grave danger.
think Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany? The traditional source for that nation's moral code, the Bible, was replaced by the principles stated in Mein Kampf. It was advanced by government, the Third Reich. We all know what happened as a result. Jews were demonized, placed in concentration camps, and six million were killed. Yes, when we base our morality on the changing values and emotions of the time, and not on the unchanging, unmoving Word of God, we in America can easily be persuaded to proceed along the path leading to our own destruction. It's already happening. Caught up in pre-election emotion and campaign rhetoric in the aftermath of the recent U.S. Supreme Court abortion ruling, voters in Michigan, California, and Vermont codified abortion rights in their state's constitution. But isn't that democracy? The people decide what's best for them and their states instead of the federal government imposing its will? Sure, but there are also consequences to individuals determining their own morality. You see, the last time I checked, the moral code given to us in the Ten Commandments still states, thou shalt not kill. That includes unborn babies. We've killed more than 60 million of them since 1973. And then we wonder why we're facing a labor shortage and why the nation is not as prosperous and blessed as before. So what else happens when we go down this path of determining our own morality based on emotions? We release criminals on cashless bail. They go out and commit more crimes, all because we feel they're victims of society. We also allow children to be butchered and physically transformed forever in gender-altering surgery. And we allow millions of migrants to flood into the country because we feel they have a right to be here, maybe even vote without becoming citizens. You get my drift? Alexis de Tocqueville is often quoted as saying, America is great because it is good. If America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. All good things come from our Creator. If we continue down this path and look to ourselves, our emotions, and government for moral guidance instead of God, we will cease to be blessed and great. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, social media, and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.